Hey, movie lovers, I'm Maria. And I'm Sam. Welcome to Unsolicited Flick Picks. Movie reviews no one asked for. episode of our podcast the very first episode the inaugural episode so we wanted to share with the world our thoughts on generally speaking bad movies or maybe movies that are just misunderstood yeah because we really typically like those movies agreed maybe we just have bad taste i do have bad taste in movies <laughs> judging on like the history of going to the movie store back in the day um, trying to pick a movie with friends yeah it always took a long time a lot of convincing <laughs> so we just decided we should share our thoughts with the world and have a little bit of fun so for the first episode we thought what's a really great movie and what's a really terrible sequel? Mm-hmm. And we were horrified to discover that Mean Girls has a sequel. So, for your listening enjoyment, Mean Girls 2. Is this low-hanging fruit? This is probably low-hanging fruit, but baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> Today, we will be talking about the relatively unknown sequel to the movie that is a cultural phenomenon, the movie that I probably quote most in my life. Today, we are talking about Mean Girls 2, and we'll give you a little synopsis here just to let you know what you're getting yourselves into. The plastics are back in the long-awaited follow-up to the smash hit Mean Girls, now the click is more fashionable, funny, and ferocious. All lies. When Joe Mitchell moves to North Shore High, the father of a girl named Abby offers to put Joe through her dream school, Carnegie Mellon, if she will befriend Abby, who is targeted as a rival by the plastics queen bee, Mandy. It all sounds very familiar. And I would say this is less of a sequel and more of a remake. It really did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It rated 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb. It didn't even get a rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomato it didn't Peter. even want to hear about it. Zero reviews. The folks at Rotten Tomatoes were like, mm, uh, you know pass. What? Yeah. The audience did weigh in, though, and gave it a 30% in terms of a score and of course it was really straight to dvd we love a straight to dvd moment it feels like they're somehow ashamed of it like they just didn't trust it to perform in the box office so they just quietly made copies and sent them to the big stores hoping that people would be fooled by the name mean girls (laughs) i mean i gotta respect the baiting the the finesse of it all so let's dive into the plot We start with introducing Joe and her dad, who is a race car mechanic. Joe is a confident girl with a bit of an edge. I mean, she wears t-shirts and leather jackets. So that's how we know. She and her dad move around a lot. So she starts this new school and uh, immediately starts putting her classmates into certain boxes based on the cars that they drive kind of similar to the cafeteria table scene from the original. Oh, that is such an epic scene. Yep. You get to meet all the cliques. 
So speaking of cliques, we then meet the new plastics. You've got the main one, the dumb one who is obsessed with boys, and the one who's a germaphobe, I guess? We've got some very diverse three-dimensional characters here. We love to see it. <laughs> the girls take notice of the new girl, Joe, and Joe takes notice of the plastics picking on Abby. And something heinous happens in this scene. The main plastic girl has a little pet chihuahua, a la Paris Hilton, because she keeps it in her purse, of course. And the dog pukes in her purse and she throws the entire purse and the dog in the trash. <laughs> that is unforgivable. What kind of animal writer abuse? wrote that into the movie? Oh Just God. throw the dog in the garbage. And I don't think we see the dog again. I mean, I didn't take notice, but... I think Abby saves the dog. Oh. The nice girl. Yes. Nice girl who's getting bullied. Mm -hmm. So Joe's back at home and she learns that her race car dad lost her tuition money. He gave some really like nondescript reasons. There's a spending freeze at his work. So he's underemployed the market, yada, yada. So Joe had dreamed of going to the school called Carnegie Mellon, which I thought was fake until I actually looked it up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know every single university in the US, but Carnegie Mellon just, that sounded fake. That sounded made up. I was a little suspicious of that one. So Joe befriends Abby, who's being constantly tormented by the plastics because Abby and the main plastic Mandy have been rivals for their whole life. They're both super rich like super rich mm -hmm. but see abby has loving parents and a big mansion whereas mandy just has the big mansion so they've had a tension their whole life growing up and obviously there's a subtle message here perhaps about uh, the influence of good parenting mm -hmm. i don't know if you don't love your child will they become a plastic bully who's to say this, I love this. Abby's dad is an eccentric millionaire who made his wealth in infomercials. I love that. And so when Joe comes over to Abby's house for one of the first visits, she ends up in a room alone with Abby's infomercial father, somehow sniffs out the fact that Joe's tuition just got pissed away and offers to pay Joe to be Abby's friend. This is a little bit embarrassing. Maria, your parents have also been paying me to be your friend. How much? I am so glad I got that off my chest. I also went to Carnegie Mellon. <laughs> um, so that much. <laughs> <laughs> so these plastics, they start scheming and trying to come up with ways to mess with Joe and Abby because they just cannot imagine anyone being Abby's friend. And... Uh, the fact that Joe kind of dissed them, didn't really want to be part of their clique. They put industrial strength glue on Joe's Vespa seat. So she just like gets stuck to it. Yes. Like this is sociopath territory. Just wild. I also thought what the actual F. Yeah. They just went to her house and did that. For yeah. no real, there was no pretense. Yeah. Like 
she just didn't want to be their friend. So, much to the plastic's dismay, Abby and Joe become closer, and their reputations pretty much remain undestroyed. Joe starts to get a little chummy with this boy, Tyler, and he is no Aaron Samuels, let me tell you that much. His hair doesn't even look sexy pushed back. (laughs) The two bond at shop class and are looking to get a scholarship. They go on a date... And the next day in school, it's revealed by Mandy that Joe is a virgin. And a lot of the kids make fun of her, except for a few girls who think it's really cool that Joe's a virgin. So Mandy's schemes are not quite working the way that she expected. Mandy finally crosses a line and messes with a car that her dad has been working on. Sorry, that Joe's dad has been working on. And it causes him to lose out on a job. So Joe has had it officially. She says it best herself that it was as if all my girl hormones kicked into overdrive. That's a car pun. Hold on. <laughs> it's a car pun. Okay, here's here's where I stopped watching the movie. It was after they messed up her car and right. just, this might be a total sidebar and we can edit later, but I got really um, interested in the lack of diversity on the cast. It's so white. It's so white. Um, And that's one thing. Lack of diversity, we see it everywhere. Did you notice, because I did, the first black character that gets introduced, and he's not even a character, it's just this teenage black guy, the first scene is him slapping Joe's ass (gasps) away. And I she didn't kind of notice back that. And goes, <gasps> and I wrote down, that's weird. First black character slaps main character's yeah. ass. The second time we see, again, one of the only black characters is the exact same young guy. And he's got a literal paintball gun messing up Joe's car. He's the only person in the scene with a gun. He's His friend is behind ah. him, also black. And the whole scene is a bunch of white kids standing around. I mean, maybe there's a few brown kids in the scene too, but it's the same guy. And he care. He's no. He's not a character. Yeah. In the movie, it's just blatant racism portrayal of young black man being violent, and that's my stomach turned. That's I thought, icky. This is just bad. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Well. That is the biggest offense that this movie has. It's certainly not the only. No, no, but we hate that. We hate that. So, big revenge plot here is to throw a competing party diabolical. And, you know, history has given us some classic gang rivalries. You've got the Montagues versus the Capulets, the Jets versus the Sharks, and Sync versus Backstreet Boys, Mean Girls 2 has the plastics versus the anti-plastics. No one bent over backwards coming up with that name, <laughs> girls. <laughs> the anti-plastics are set out to destroy the plastics. And up first is the dumb but sexually adventurous plastic. The revenge on her is, I guess, to just tell on her. She's been making out in, like, the stairwell, and so the principal goes after her. And 
like gets handed a camera and takes a bunch of pictures of her kissing what? boys which is like she's a minor it's just a weird move principal duval i feel like they just wanted to make that scene where it was like flash and then like shocked faces and like the photo appears like it's like they just like had that idea for that scene and just like had to make it work like reverse engineer yeah exactly i guess just follow your artistic vision Mm. sure so next up is the hypochondriac plastic the germaphobe um and they just get a bunch of people to sneeze on her and (laughs) i mean that's a great plan we're currently living through a pandemic and uh yeah that could work very offensive so she goes to the spa to uh i don't know set herself right she gets a face mask and they put green paint in her face mask (gasps) they follow her to the spa yep and put green paint in her face mask so abby's growing a little bit concerned over joe's growing popularity she can She's not really super comfortable with this, like, hell-bent revenge on the plastics. And, you know, we can tell that Joe has become a monster because she has bright, chunky blue and purple highlights. She wears two school leather corsets and tutus. And she's running for homecoming queen. Oh, so she straight up follows the Katie. Yep. Katie Heron? Yep. Yes. Path yep. of getting pretty. Getting in over in, her head. Uh-huh. She is just really straying from her down-to-earth shop class girl. They really didn't come up with any no. new stories, did they? No. I think they just had, like, a list of hijinks that they wanted to film, and they, like, slapped a filter over it. Yes. They slapped the mean girl's filter over it. So... Uh, Obviously, everyone finds out, including Abby, that Abby's dad paid Joe to be her friend. If you are going to make a dumbass shenanigan deal like that, just know that it's going to come out. Especially if it only started out as a bet or a deal, but it turned into something real. Like, it always turns into something real, and then the truth comes out at the very most inconvenient time. That is just the movie trope that we're doing. You make a dumb deal, you get a dumb prize. Yeah, they all should have signed some non-disclosure agreements yeah. for that. So, our resident sociopath, Mandy, decided it is not good enough that everyone in the school hates Joe. She must also be expelled so that Mandy can be homecoming queen. So she just frames her for grand larceny, (laughs) framing someone for a federal offense before you've even graduated. That is quite the path to be on. What's so good about being homecoming queen and why must teenage girls commit crimes in order to get it? (laughs) Is this just an American thing? I don't even think our prom had prom king or queen. No, and I wouldn't want it. No, I would be embarrassed. And I think prom and homecoming queen is fabricated by the movie industry to create plot. I think (laughs) (laughs) I think big movie is in bed with big prom. Change my mind. (laughs) Okay, back on track. Too bad Amy and Tina didn't restrict the rights. 
to use the Yeah. Movie. I can't imagine they had permission. This movie, there's no way Amy Poehler and Tina Fey watched this movie and said, yes, go forth. They must have gotten paid. Oh. They must have made some... Uh, I don't know. It's not like this movie made big money. So, you know, this whole mess, there's really only one way to solve this. Is it going to be talking it out like adults? No! It's going to be a football game. Because America. They have their little, like, I guess, flag football game. It's not like real American football. And things are just not looking good for Joe's team until um, one of the kind of nerdy kids sends some security footage of Mandy being the one that framed Joe. And the day is saved. Uh. And the cops come and arrest Mandy's uh, accomplice, the, the boy that kind of hangs around her all the time. Oh, good. I guess Abby and Joe make up. I get so much whiplash from all the hijinks that I don't even quite remember, but clearly there was some sort of memorable declaration of friendship that I just didn't catch. And we couldn't end this movie any other way but prom! Prom! Prom. The real climax to a high school film. So true. So the kid that sent that security footage rigged the homecoming king and queen votes so that him and Abby could win. Oh, good. Yeah. Wholesome, wholesome win for the nerdy kids. And then they make a joke about like, you know, one day you're going to rig a presidential election. You guys, is, is that how Trump first heard about you can do that? <laughs> I, I, I imagine him watching it and being like, Wait a sec. You can do that? No way. Uh, I'm in. Definitely Trump fodder. <laughs> Where he gets all his mean ideas. Yeah. And we know that he loves teen films. He constantly tweeted about Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. Like, constantly. I think he, like, tweeted, like, Kristen Stewart, you can do better or something. Or maybe it was Robert Pattinson, you can do better. Anyway. So I will say that the ending didn't have the same harmonious, peaceful ending as the original Mean Girls. Like, in the end of Mean Girls, they all find their own friends, and they're all kind of just, like, cool with each other. But, like, Mandy's still a psycho, and she's probably in jail because she framed someone for larceny. (laughs) Like, a white-collar jail, but still. I guess it just didn't tie up into a neat little bow. And, like, nor should it. If we take a step back and look at this from a wider time frame, was this just like a really messed up six month time period with horrible pranks and like manipulation and crimes? And then for it to just go back to normal high school, like in a year, would Joe just look back and be like, huh? Junior year was kind of weird. That was And then just move on. Up. Yeah, maybe she just totally, like, got out of Dodge. <laughs> moved to a new town. Yeah. Enough of this. Or blacked out from that. So it just didn't end quite as neatly as it should have. No. None so, of it was as neat as it should have no, been. No. Neat and tidy are not words I would use to describe this movie. So overall thoughts on this film. I am here to tell you it is just blasphemous tina fey just please forgive us for watching this this is just one of those sliding doors moments like 
my life has now veered off in a different direction for having watched this movie. I'm I'm forever changed. You are. And you can't undo it. Not for the better. Yeah. What else could you have done during that hour and a half? I wonder that. Well, I applaud your commitment to the cause for finishing it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So a few things that we usually like to talk about after we get through the plot. Um, we'd like to talk about the acting, the characters, uh, the setting, and the fashion. So here are some of our thoughts on that. Nothing remarkable about this movie. If I were to say one thing about all of those kind of categories, the setting is a teen movie in every town USA. There's no um, identifying factors. It's it's just a teen movie in the USA. The fashion was excruciatingly bad. I think this came out in 2011. Uh-huh. That was a bad time for fashion. We saw a lot of big bows and like flower fascinators. There was like a lot of pastels and like really, really thick belts. And it was just considerably worse than the Mean Girls original as far as fashion goes. So many of Katie's outfits in Mean Girls were amazing. I remember like a green zip up sweater that she wore. And do you remember like the striped skirt at the end? It's like one of her last outfits. I loved that skirt. The pink and black one? No, it's like stripey and it has like orange. She's wearing like a white shirt and she has like a stripey skirt on. I don't remember. It's very like of the time, but But it was great. I'll say 100% of this fashion was horrible. Like, I just want to look away. Like, maybe it hasn't... So I say that like fashion is cyclical and like now the kind of 2000s are kind of having their moment. So we're more fond. <laughs> yeah, so we're more fond. Like, I don't know, in another 20 years are like the big belts going to come back? I, I really hope not. They were just bad. So, you know, nothing good can be said about the fashion here. No. None of the characters were well written. Oh, except for... At the prom, there was this one girl that popped up, and I don't even notice if she was in the movie before that, like, maybe. But she was, like, supposed to be wearing glasses, but wasn't. And so she was, like, bumping into things, and, like, she was handing out the prom king and queen crowns, and it's just, like, fumbling around. She's (laughs) like, oh, I I can't, I don't have my glasses on. And if... Anyone that's ever worked with me can relate, or they can tell you that that was me. I so often chose to not wear my glasses while I'm working, and they would just like see me staring like from across the room, just squinting, and they're like, "You can't see anything, can you?" I'm like, "Nope." So I related to that girl. I am that girl. Um, acting just not good. Not even Tim Meadows could save this. He was just a a minor role and unremarkable. And I looked up the girl who plays Joe, and she was in a remake of 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh. As a series. This girl, like, has a real thing for destroying, like, 
classic films of our youth. Yeah. yeah. Next time, just don't do it. Don't do it, girl. So to wrap things up, I, I, I can't even say if this movie was received poorly because it was like barely received at all. I would be confident to say that most people don't even know that this sequel existed. It makes sense, though. There's no returning cast or characters except for Mr. Duval. It clearly had a completely different writing staff. It just, it's its not cohesive at all. And it's like it was a completely different movie and they just like found a sticker that said Mean Girls and slapped it on there as if it matched. Like, honestly, if you take away... If, if you take away the huge expectations from the first Mean Girls, it's still an awful movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not even any references to Danny DeVito and his work. No reference. No reference to Danny DeVito at all. Zero comedy. There was no Glenn Coco. There wasn't even any, like, funny line. No. At least in Mean Girls, like, you've got all these iconic lines that were just hilarious and like i still say to this day it had none of that it had none of that clever writing at all it was just a dumpster fire yeah yeah so what would you what would you give it i'm gonna give this three carnegie melons out of ten three carnegie melons out of ten and none for gretchen wieners (laughs) uh well i'll just piggyback on there because yeah, you I gave really up. I didn't watch it. I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't fairly judge. Ah, uh, no, I'm here to tell you, you can. <laughs> this movie is asking to be judged. So, okay, you made it through to the other side of us talking about possibly one of the worst sequels to ever be made. You'll probably hear some more really bad sequels later on in this podcast. We hope you stick around and listen to next week. We tell you all about an experimental parenting hack. We'll be watching Yes Day. Check us out on Instagram at Unsolicited Flick Picks Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.